conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Monday. Two out of three of us have been to the beach this weekend. Sorry, Ross. Sucks to suck. You know, I was a beautiful you resort. You can tell how tan I am, right? <laughs> yeah, you've you've changed a lot, Michael. Yeah. You've gotten so dark. Um, fast. No, I noticed one thing with the sun is that my hair turns a little bit more blonde. You can't tell now because it's not uh, the most brightest room. But when I'm outside, it's like blondish red, which is a little scary. Okay. I never haven't seen that side of me since I was a kid. All right. Oh. Uh, anyways, how are you guys doing? Good week? Come on. You talk about the beach, and here's minus three, minus four. It's freezing. It's cold. So, please. Oh, man. I didn't well, say it wasn't was... cold at the beach, but yeah. it was. Le- okay. And there was Mine wasn't. I, I got sunburned. I was laying out by a cabana, you know, getting drinks fed to me. Can't complain. Mine was a lot better than probably. Well uh, I'm going to brag. I'm going to brag about it. It was much needed. Um, but other than that, good week, guys. Good for, good for you. Everything yep. good? Looking 
but of course looking forward to this one again yeah it's an exciting episode uh we do have some live uh live viewers already right now so really good stuff i guess we'll break it into uh what's with the noise because we love a good uh news session so here we go Happy Monday. Not quite as happy of uh, a Monday as it is for the team at Transparent. Congrats to Pierre and company for being acquired last week. Uh, I think it was OTA Insight. Yep. So congrats to those guys. It's been uh, well-earned. You guys have been uh, staples of the industry, providing good quality data for for us all. Uh, So kudos. Go enjoy uh, a nice break. And then I'm sure... Uh, getting back into it, staying in the business. Not sure what the, the deal is with you, Pierre, but keep it up. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, it's every week at Surgeon K are the nice acquisitions, nice startups actually raising some money. In this one, we have a kind of different one. It's a more like a fintech company, but focusing on the hotel uh, industry. Um, Selfbook, they raised $50 million for a $300 million valuation. So pretty well done. They did a uh, round already a bit earlier. I think it was in January they did a round already. Now they do another one. So uh, pretty impressive. And uh, I think what they do, and this whole discussion we have often internally within bedrooms, are removing friction as much as you can. And I think what they do is incl- including more payment methods like Apple Pay, Google Pay, etc., make it easier for people to check out. And I think eventually it'll increase your conversion. So, guys, well done with your with your uh, nice round. And uh, one more thing I want to share as well is that our iMeet Hotel brand, the brand which we organize, the event brand of Bidroom, we have in three days we have a really cool sustainability summit. Uh, it will be virtually. So join, register yourself. It will be at 3 p.m. Uh, CAT. So join our session and uh, we'll back to you, Will. All right. Well. Uh... Got bread on me. I did. I was going to say, so this is uh, something we kind of talked about behind the scenes, but not my worst nightmare, but just as a podcaster, names are always tough. So having two Michaels and now soon to be two Wills, we're going to join our amazing guest, Will Perry, who is one of the co-founders of Altito. And recently, in some news uh, a couple weeks ago, was partially acquired slash merger. It's a whole thing. So we're going to bring Will into uh, the show to talk about it. Um, but, uh, Michael golden, you want to announce, uh, also maybe a, a fun fact about our guest. Yeah. Will Perry, aside from being a, uh, a well-known CEO of, of one of the larger operators in Europe is a two time winner of wipeout, uh, a, a very select group of, of winners on wipeout in general, but to do it twice is quite a feat of athleticism. So brains athleticism looks will what what do you not have that's uh that's a very kind introduction uh and michael um it's funny because I, I i very much enjoyed my time on wipeout which was about over 10 years ago and in terms of sort of celebrity status it seemed to go down best with about sort of 10 year old boys um who, who, <laughs> 
who may ask for an autograph, but I'm, I'm amazed that so 12 years later, you seem to be still be one of my biggest fans. So I'm very grateful <laughs> to you for, for sharing and spreading, spreading the news. Um, and also for the very yeah, kind introduction about the business as a whole that delighted to yeah, be joining you guys and um, to, to tell um, your listeners and viewers a bit more about um, what's been going on at Altido, which is never a dull moment. Of course. But still a question it, because I'm in the meanwhile checking actually and they call the tough or non tough I see different kind of nicknames. Is it that's your or well that yeah. That I'm was curious. I see it's in the air. It's hard to get that one. Hard to get past that one. So they give you nicknames in the in the in the British version of okay. the show. Uh, and they they called me non tough Will, which I think was a joke <laughs> about uh, meeting. <laughs> Maybe sounding a bit posh uh, in, in UK circles. So, um, so yes, okay. Nonfulfill is, is my stage name. <laughs> well, we won't call you that here. Uh, and especially because you were a guest on Slick Talk a little bit like last year-ish. Yeah, and I didn't really know that whole detail. So I'm glad I didn't because I probably would have been smiling like this the whole time. Um, but no, it's really cool to have you on just to see kind of what happened. And I even think... I met you through Michael Golden when we were on a host uh, yeah. all together. I think that was, uh, yeah, us, us four. We had uh, Andreas from Sextant Stays as well. And it was just interesting to see the big different, you know, mindsets or, you know, even pivots in the beginning of COVID from Sextant and Altito and what you guys were talking about in the sense of growth and sustainability. And yeah, very, very um, cool to see the story come full circle. So I guess uh, if you want to give us uh, some insight on what kind of led to this acquisition or the merger and sure. uh, yeah, and kind of going Actually, into- Can we start a step earlier, Will? Because I think a lot of people understand Altito is just a, originally was a group of four or five operators that came together. Whose idea was that and how did that actually come about? Yeah, sure. Um, so we it was four companies um and in four different regions so um the, the company i founded was in london uh and then we in the to form altido we, we merged uh with three other companies independent companies um with, with really similar profiles um so i think you guys will probably know and, and anyone working in the short-term rental industry will know that that when airbnb was booming in i mean still obviously is booming but when it was going through one of its biggest growth phases in sort of 2014 2015 there was this whole ecosystem of property managers like us popping up around it um supporting uh owners who wanted to to short term let their properties and there were kind of two routes you could go down the sort of independent um bootstrapped uh quite sort of blood sweat and tears of the founders um to to, to make sure the business was profitable and, and scale a bit slower. And then there was um, chasing the VC money and, and, and external fundraising to, to really expand beyond your geographies very quickly. Um, um, and we went the former route, um, or I went the former route with my co-founder at the time, Tom Archer, um, who's still very much with the business. Um, and we, yeah, we met these other businesses um, at, at the industry conferences. Um, and so that was um, a chap called Michael Allen up in Scotland um, and Davide Ravalli in uh, in Italy and Gonzalo Rivero in Portugal. Um, so these were the, the four businesses. I think the first people to meet were actually Mike and Davide. Um, and they, if you ever get Mike on the show, he'll explain how he got 
got locked. He managed to get locked out of his property at a um, short-term rental conference, and so basically didn't go to sleep and bumped into Davide in a coffee shop. I think the next day, looking a bit bedraggled. Um, so quite, <laughs> quite strange, humble beginnings. Um, but, but yeah, we began. There was there was a lot of talk and a, and a lot of networking. Um, and I think if you were in our camp as business owners, you have a bit of a problem because um, you're growing a nice business that you that you hope. It feels like it might be a lifestyle business, but the reality of the day-to-day is it, it isn't really because it's taking up all your time. Um, and it's, yeah, you're, you're, you you want to scale, but you're caught in between, betwixt in between because you, you might not have the cash flow to, to do it. Uh, and you're, and you're also, you, you're, you grow, you, you build your business on your network and on your, on your region. So, you know, we were strong in London because that's what we knew. And, and the same with our, our now colleagues. Um, but it's quite hard to just, go into another market where there's already incumbents at play. Um, and so there is this sort of existential question where we want, we're all young entrepreneurs wanting to scale, but how do you do it? Um, and we've kind of seen the fundraising route, but it didn't look that, you know, look like that was fought with, with problems as well. And I think we've kind of been vindicated a bit with what's happened since. Um, and so we wanted to try, try something different. And this talk of doing a merger as a, as a, you know, in theory, overnight suddenly you've you've got an international presence. You've got more bit more clout behind you. You've got a, a seat at the table, and that that was true. You know, people like Airbnb and other big brands would would notice us a lot more and suddenly want to talk to us. Um, and you're also diversified, so you're de-risked. You're not just stuck in one geography where there might be a regulatory issue or the market might be in trouble. So that was the the theory behind it, and we and we did that in May 2019. The reality, obviously, of merging four businesses is it's not straightforward, and you know we had all sorts of challenges. Um, but we knew we went in with our eyes open. We knew that was going to happen, and we had a good year in 2019. What we didn't know was obviously what no one knew was what was going to happen next. Um, and so you know that was that was that was when I took over the leadership role of the business in uh, sort of yeah March March 20 um 2020 and 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 then it was very much of just a case of stabilizing things and keeping things steady um as we navigated uncertainty um so that was i guess step one um we 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 got through that period um and actually in 2021 was when we were beginning to look even though covid was still very much around we were beginning to look outside and think okay well you know we've got to look beyond covid and and where we're going to go and one of the reasons why we did this this merger is again we thought well post merger with a larger international platform would be a more attractive investment proposition and we might have a better foundation to leap off so so with covid hopefully moving behind us we thought well now now could be the time so we we wrote our new business plan and our financial model um, and began to speak to investors in a quite an informal way in spring last year um, and it was through one of those conversations um, via my Italian partner, Davide Ravalli, uh, who knew the, the brand and the, and the founders of Dover Vivo, um, that we started speaking to them. Now, if you don't know, if you're, yeah, if you're un- unaware of them as a brand, they are um, quite a lot older us as a business, 14, 15 years. They're a co-living, sort of young professional student living um, accommodation provider. They take um, long-term leases uh, and, and, and let them to... Yeah, to young professionals and students, typically six months plus is is the kind of stage that they have in their regions. They're big in Italy um, and increasingly large in France and Spain. Um, so we started, um, yeah, started speaking to them, and we realised they, they they just wrote. Well, we're in the process of raising some money. They recently raised fifty million euros from 
Starwood Capital, the American real estate fund. Uh, and we, yeah, we started to talk to them um, and, it, and we realized there was quite a lot of synergies here. And what started as a, an investment as a minority stake turned into um, uh, a full acquisition of the business. But I, I guess why it's confusing with acquisition and merger is, is that I think it's important to say that the five founders of, of Altido are very much still with the business, still sharehold, now shareholders in the overall group um and i are, are very excited about the next step in this journey and, and we think doing not, it with not retired yet not retired yet no um, um i think we'll, it was also the longest answer we ever had in this show sorry, yeah, that, that, that was, was good. really long yeah, <laughs> no, that was good i think it was directly good intro no, no, no. someone had to take the micro microphone away from you ross this episode you know just uh, know. balance it out <laughs> um, yeah. well something you mentioned four or five times throughout that was um was brand and you went from small local to now regional to now you know one of the a recognizable brand in italy um and i'm sure with with y'all's help more across europe how big of a difference does teaming up with a brand make do you see more trust do you see more bookings do you see more viability or or trust on the property asset ownership side yeah, so um, I guess at this stage, considering we're you know six weeks in, really, this is we're still in a hypothesis stage. I mean, we're we're beginning to do some of these synergies that I mentioned and and, and that you just mentioned. But I think it'll be really interesting in a year's time if we met up again and discuss well, you know, how did it actually affect the business and the numbers? So I'll give you one example. One is that. They as a business, Dovivivo as a business, are focusing on a very clear segment of the market, you know, students and young professionals, and they provide housing very specifically for that. Um, and they've built up a, a very successful brand in that space, um, particularly in Italy, and, and get, uh, I, I believe it's about a million hits a month on their website looking for this kind of accommodation. We as Altido, obviously, much larger, um, we, we, we manage all sorts of properties um, across all our regions and, and our guests vary massively from 18 year olds to pensioners to people looking for business trips or a holiday. Um, and so there's definitely a really interesting play. And I think that the, the most concise way of um, putting it was someone from Dover Vivo said, you know, what, when we build this now, uh, this residential platform together, which is quite unique in the market, Ultimately, what we're going to be saying to the market is you can be coming for a day, a month or a year, um, but you can book it via us. Um, and so so that means if you're the student coming to stay, you, you know, you've got to know Dover Viva as a brand, you've trusted them, you've, you've stayed with them for two, three years. And now you want to do your city breaks or your holidays or as you, you grow up more, maybe you've got some business trips. Um, you can stick with the platform within that platform and, there's, and you'll be well looked after. So I think there's some interesting really interesting synergies I, I like the play from a student to to business travel it's yeah you know it's one of airbnb's tactics with hosts is if you can get these single hosts they're going to book through you too so it's it's kind of a two-sided marketplace essentially offline that goes through people's heads um rewinding a step before uh the the merger when you guys all merged under Altido, did you ever see a bump in trust or direct bookings compared to what you were getting at London residences? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I guess the the, the the skewing factor is 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 COVID came not that long after, and obviously then data skewed entirely. I mean, so we saw a significant bump in our direct booking percentages, but I think a, a lot of businesses in our industry did. That's something we've maintained since then, and actually we're now investing in it uh, in a, in a much more direct way than than we ever did before. And and when I say invest, that means hiring people within our teams to specifically go after direct bookings and, and specifically developing partnerships there. We started spending money on trying to acquire direct bookings online, which is something we've never done before. And I think um, in terms of the early days, say May 2019 to the end of that year, the, the bump was, it probably was a bump um, in terms of getting our brand out there and, and um, uh, becoming more and more well-known with guests. But that that's a big, that's a long-term play that takes time. I think the initial bump is what I was saying about presence within the industry on the kind of in yeah inside the industry itself and in terms of inventory acquisition and, and having the right relationships with some of the big partners, um, you just got taken a lot more seriously. So we, we were able to do some mini joint ventures with Airbnb who introduced us to some very large asset owners and, and helped guarantee um, some of the rent there, which we would never have been able to do if we were just a, a smaller local player. So I think the way we saw that merger was actually the growth came on the inventory side and the sort of status side of being in the room, having the right conversations um, and the long-term play now more so than ever with, with Dover Vivo is, is, is clearly on this uh, B2C guest facing consumer brand. Um, and uh, I know we spoke before Michael about, you know, is, is Altido as a brand changing for the time being, no, and, and, and no plans to, it's purely for the, the short let arm. And, and we're, as I say, continuing to invest in that. Um, I think over the long term, Dover Vivo is an, it's an Italian brand, Italian name. We're creating an international business that we want to uh, go public with at the end of next year. We'll need an international name for the larger group. And so highly likely that there will be some rebranding there. And depending on what direction that goes, that may affect us as well in the future. Okay. Yeah, super exciting. I'm curious because, of course, you started the company some years ago. And while well, we just saw the segment startup of the week, well, you started, you started as a startup. Of course, you went through some learnings. If somebody's listening to the episode and they're actually startup founders, so some advice you give to them, because, of course, you went through different journeys in fundraising, now the acquisition part, something you would like to share with them or advise them? Yes. I mean, how long have you got? Um, I would love that. <laughs> and I do do that quite regularly. I mean, it's it's nice to be reminded, as you say, that we are entrepreneurs and that, that we do, you know, we did found startups and obviously we that changes as we as we go along and, and it's 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 so vital that we hold on to that creative spark because because we can lose that um if i was to give one specific piece of advice i think it's something that i was told at the time um but when you're a, depending on your your outlook in life when you're a startup founder and you you kind of ultimately got nothing other than a, you know you might have started the, the company you registered the company with companies house in the uk um, but it doesn't have much to it. It doesn't have revenue. And so you hold it quite lightly. And I think looking back on that journey to where we are now, it's realizing that actually, you know, that's everything. Like the, the potential there is huge. And don't underestimate how far you can go. If you had told me seven years ago that I would be running a business that is likely to go public in two years, I'd say that's never going to happen. What are you talking about? How would that, how would that end up there? And actually, I think 
for young startup founders, it's just instilling that confidence. I think for your American audience, you're probably very good at doing that anyway. That's, that's this is probably more a British thing, whereas we underplay things, whereas the Americans perhaps maybe overplay it. And, you know, they know they're going to create a unicorn from the beginning. But uh, if I'm giving myself advice, it would be, you know, it, it is, is to back yourself. If if you weren't doing this, Will Perry, what uh, what would you be doing? I don't know whether I should answer that question honestly or not, because it might undermine, undermine my credibility. Um, so Didn't I, you tell me that you, you had something with like bees and honey? You had like a bee farm? Uh, juice, juice. Juice. There we go. Juice okay. really important for making juice. Maybe that's why you... And, and it is a cottage industry. So yeah, but, yeah. Before, um, before the... After the wipeout days and before the London Residence Club days, myself and Tom used to make apple juice. Uh, I wouldn't be going back to that. I, I hasten <laughs> to that. Um, but my dream, I'll tell you, my dream is to, um, or one of my dreams, uh, is is to do something um, with children and, and, and possibly a toy shop. I have uh, I have this this vision for a toy shop um, that I, I I wonder whether we'll ever get that passion off the ground. Um, and that's uh, nice so, for another Probably. day. Probably in one, two years, you can do it, right? After the IPO, you're starting uh, the we'll very, uh, very shop that lock and somewhere yeah. next to the toy shop. But is it uh, this is the Hamlet or what is it called in uh, in London? Hamleys. Hamleys, yeah. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be a big rival of Hamleys um, <laughs> one, one day. Look out, Hamleys. It's coming for you. Heard <laughs> <laughs> it here first. Um, <laughs> so one of the things we, we've talked about a good bit on this show and I'm sure you've tuned into most of the episodes, but you may have missed this one. Um, we we talk about mergers and acquisitions and how this year we anticipated uh, quite a bit of, of mergers and acquisitions as opposed to straight funding rounds. Um, you guys, transparent just in the past two weeks, uh, having gone through it, is there a lot of appetite for companies out there to acquire other companies or what are your predictions and, and where do you think the most ripe market for M&A is? Yeah. I mean, it's probably worth saying that, um, I mean, we obviously a believer in mergers in, in, in that we, that's in our DNA. We, we, we did a four way merger, which was pretty extraordinary, I think in, in any industry really, but, um, uh, and, and having been through it, I can tell you it's an extraordinary experience. Um, and then, you know, initially we were looking to raise money last year um, in, in the, the more conventional way. And I'm really glad we did it. I'm, I'm so energized and excited by the project we're building. And I should say, you know, the, the key part of that is the founders of Dover Vivo, which are two guys, a guy called Valerio and William, um, both Italian, William, another William, which is very unusual. William is not really an Italian I'm name. Italian. But, the, uh, the doctor that um, helped with the birth was called William. And so they named him William. Um, but that's a, I digress. But, but they, they are very, um, they're a bit older than us, but um, we had some really good chemistry with them and still do. And we shared their vision. Um, and, you know, I spoke earlier about, you know, as an entrepreneur wanting to have that excitement. Um, I don't think I lost it, but I certainly feel re-energized with this process of, wow, like we are part of this team. And the idea that, you know, that I don't have to go out every year just to raise another round and do the roadshow. And actually, I can get stuck into just focusing on running the business and know that we have this larger group behind us backing us is, is really exciting. So I guess that answers, you know, why that was relevant for us. I think in terms of M&A elsewhere, well, 
just to flag in case anyone out there is looking to sell their business we're looking to acquire it's one of the ways we always we did the merger in the first place to consolidate the the european market we already are acquiring um, some small portfolios um, and we're speaking to others at the moment and we hope that they will get as excited as i have and the other founders about joining this bigger team and creating something quite unique and at, and at, at a serious scale um you know we we hope and i believe we will now create one of the most well-known well-known brands in our industry over the coming years um I, I i think i haven't you know having spent the last two years looking quite internally and now looking out and speaking to a lot of people in the market but i'm only at the start of that phase it's hard for me to say specifically where we will see the MA, but obviously i've you know i was in touch with pierre and and, and with the transparent deal and that's fantastic and and i'm yeah i, I agree with, with the principle i think we'll see more of that this year um and hopefully we'll be involved awesome. well, your role of course as a ceo will change a lot right i know, know my current role and big part of the time is raising money investor talks and and our acquisition talks it's a constant process and now of course this this chapter is done right you just your business is uh, is merged or acquired so now what is your your new role you discuss with them you're going to do focusing and think more on the on the company growth or and um, more strategically or yeah um so so i remain ceo of altido um and so and i'm on the board of altido uh with with davide and and then three from the dover vivo side um and we 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 have our our budget and our business plan for this year and we have funding and so i would say the main way my role has changed i've i've run a business for seven years without external capital um which over the pandemic obviously is really challenging before that to you yeah um <laughs> and and we're now you know we're now back to profitability again um but we have we have money to spend which is a really novel experience for me and an exciting one and a new challenge it's sort of it's a it's it's a you know it, it's strategic as you say it's as um it's working out well where's this money best spent and how do we ensure we get the best return um it's about people management we're hiring lots of new um team members and making sure we get the best out of them we had our first ever in-person sales meeting in milan last week where we got all the all the sales team and all the general managers together We'd never done that before i mean covid obviously made that difficult but that was again just a really energizing experience to have everyone face to face lots of people have never met before um so so yeah i would say um the, the role has changed but in again in a, in a really exciting and positive way i feel challenged in all the right ways whereas in the pandemic i felt challenged in all the wrong ways you were just firefighting and dealing with the next major crisis it's fun though it's good um all right last last segment that we do with guests is rapid fire so one word answers give us uh first thing that comes to mind uh I'm ready. beer or cocktail beer night in or night out night out ski or beach going skiing next week so it's got to be ski when you are worth hundreds of millions will you buy a yacht or a plane <laughs> Yacht. Okay. <laughs> uh, live anywhere besides London. Where would you go? Siena. Where? Siena. Siena. It's in Italy. Yeah. Um, quite niche, but um, there's an amazing horse race there, which I'm a big fan. Yeah. Of. yeah. <laughs> nice square. Amazing place. Mm. Ross. Um, IPO or exit? IPO. Okay. 
You came or Italy? My Italian girlfriend's in the room. Italy. <laughs> Is she from Pizza Siena? Pasta. <laughs> no, she's not, but she might be one day. Okay. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Okay. Fish and chips uh, or pasta? Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I have none. I have none. So I'm going to go to uh, whose brand is it, anyways? We'll let we'll let you, the Michaels, run that show of the rapid fire. They take all the good questions. So uh, favorite segment, uh, as Michael Golden mentioned uh, to you offline, there's about five brands. I own about 120 brands underneath, and we like to guess uh, what brand this belongs to. And so a fun little episode of whose brand is it, anyways? And the hotel or the brand name is zalara zalara you have a picture yeah. of it will i do not like because it the logo is too easy to recognize does western no i mean zalara no. okay perry no no cheating yeah so z-i-l-a-r-a -A. <laughs> well she wasn't I, your girlfriend was in the room right so she could google it quickly and so. she could she's actually gone now uh, but, okay. um I mean, I'm the wrong person to ask this. I'm going to say um, Apple. Can we do a 50-50, Will? A 50-50? What's a 50-50? Come on, you don't know. Is it Wicked Millionaires? This program, you can do a 50-50. You can have an extra line. You can just cross a few. No, no Ross. Take no. a guess. Oh, man. Well, I said Best Western, but it seems, uh, seems to be incorrect. Come on, Golden. Marriott. Uh. <laughs> So unfortunately, all of you are wrong. Um, it's Hyatt, but uh, the only reason why... Oh, yeah, that's also the top five. I forgot about that, yeah. the top five. Uh, but I pulled them up because that's the property I stayed at this weekend. So oh, wow. Uh, solid, solid, all inclusive. Seems, seems to be sponsored, this one, Will. I don't know. Yeah, they paid me a ton of money, a.k.a. I paid them a ton of money. One for point for, for Slickers. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Awesome. Whatever. Well, Perry, thank you for joining us. I'll, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, guys. I'm sorry I, I waffled on so much. Um, but, but, no, don't be sorry. Ho hopefully, um, yeah, some interesting bits for you guys and the listeners. But thank you guys for having me. Of course. We appreciate Thanks, your time. And we'll see you guys all again next week. Hey, Manuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream. Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific? Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. 
you've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Jetstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name. Everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory. Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon.